Support for the podcast comes from Canva. Presenting to a group of your colleagues can be nerve-wracking, so why not ease some of that anxiety with Canva? Thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and that's it. You're done. It's a serious time saver. Whatever you do for work, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Greetings, mobile accomplishers. Welcome to The Vergecast. My name is Dieter Bone, and you are listening to our special series of topic-specific Tuesday episodes. This week, the topic is Eero, and that's because we are bringing you an interview that Neil Patel and I did with the CEO of Eero, Nick Weaver. We held this interview back at our 10-year anniversary party conference festival thing called On The Verge in New York City. It was a ton of fun. It was a huge blast, and so we're happy to bring some of the things that happened at this event to you if you you couldn't make it out to the party. But if you could, thanks so much for coming. It was great to see you. Anyway, with this interview with Nick, I want you to pay special attention to the pieces where we begin to talk about Thread and Matter. So Thread, if you're not familiar with it, is a kind of radio for smart home devices that Eero in particular, but a lot of people in general have been hyping for several years now, but never seems to amount to anything. But it seems like it's actually about to become super important. And it's about to become super important because there is another smart home standard called Matter, which is the standard that used to be known as connected home over IP, or you could have called it the chip, or yeah, you could call it CHOIP if you wanted to be a weirdo like me. Anyway, it's the standard that's supposed to make smart home gadgets all talk to each other. And Eero's whole jam is connecting things in your home. They make Wi-Fi routers, and they also now make a version of Eero that connects up to a Ring Pro and can actually provide backup internet over LTE for when your internet goes down. So we discuss all of these things, but the reason I'm bringing up Matter and Thread in particular particular is because in a couple of weeks after we get through the holiday break, we're going to bring you one last topic-specific episode on Tuesday that will be all about matter. We're going to get to the bottom of whether or not the hype is real and what's going on with it. But in the meantime, there's a lot of really interesting things here with Nick, and so I hope you enjoy. I like this foreboding distance that we have. I know, you got it's both like, of you over there. What's going to happen to Nick? <laughs> Let's find you tell me. <laughs> There's actually a bucket of water, you know, just if you answer a question slime wrong. machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. So I actually want to start with uh, the new product that you made? Amazon made? Ring, ring made? There's we a made ring, together. Yeah, there's a Ring Alarm Pro, and if, if you're not familiar, one of the cool things about it is it has Eero built in. And how did that happen? Did, did you make it? Did they call you and ask you? Like, what happened there? Well, uh, we really just started with what are the problems that people are trying to solve in their home. And when you have a camera, uh-huh. Wi-Fi is really important. Um, so the whole premise there was how can we make things as easy as possible for customers, make it easy to set up, make sure you've got super reliable Wi-Fi so your cameras stay connected, yeah. and integrate it all into one, one device. 
So it makes perfect sense to put Wi-Fi into a device like Ring. But again, like, did they ask you? Did you, were you? Are you all in the room all the time? Are you all just one big company now or phone call? How does that work? Phone call, meeting. <laughs> we all know how to reach each other. Yeah, uh, okay. And just a lot of it starts with thinking about what problems we're hearing from customers yeah. and deciding if we want to go work on a solution together or independently. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, flexibility. Well, I mean, I look at all the smart home gadgets now in my house, and I think, well, that should have Wi-Fi. That should be a router. That should be a router. Like, why ring and nod and echo? I think there, with echo devices, you've got them everywhere in the house. There's yeah. a, and there's a lot of places where you want a voice assistant that doesn't necessarily have the best Wi-Fi coverage. There's a lot of places where you need great Wi-Fi coverage. It's not a great place for uh, a voice assistant. So, you know, for instance, there's a lot of routers in people's closets. That's where the internet comes in, not a good place for a voice assistant. So a lot of the thinking is, hey, where can we converge devices where it makes sense for customers? And putting it into a you know, fully comprehensive alarm base station makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but like an Echo in your kitchen is a great place for a router. It could be. Will it be? <laughs> you know, it, it, we've looked at everything. And, um, you know, in the future, who knows? It might, it might make sense to converge more of those devices uh, than we have in the past. The other genius thing about the Ring Alarm Pro is that it has a backup LTE modem. Uh, so if your internet goes out, you can have a, a backup internet, I forget exactly how much you get, uh, over LTE for a little while so that you're not just knocked offline. Why, why LTE and not 5G? When we're you know, looking at you know, what's required for, for an alarm system, uh, LTE provides just, you know, a, just enough connectivity that you need. You know, this is not really supposed to be your high-speed primary internet connection. Uh, we want you to be able to stay online. Um, and then with you know, 5G still evolving, and depending on what flavor of 5G, sometimes it doesn't get through walls particularly well. Oh uh, and so that was one of the considerations that went into that product decision specifically. But there are some flavors of 5G that, you're, like millimeter wave doesn't go through walls, but also like, I don't think a lot of people are setting up ring camera systems under like one streetlight in New York City. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just like you holding your floodlight cam. <laughs> I get the just enough argument, but there's another argument that you would want to fail over to 5G when your internet goes down and that would be really fast. There are the home internet services from the providers. Is that, do you see that as a viable path? I think when, when we look at the performance and reliability of Eero networks, just across the US, across the globe, uh, there is a subset of customers where failover could and, and, and would be really valuable. So it's certainly something we've been exploring. You know, a lot of it comes down to the amount of data you're going to use. Cellular is fairly expensive. And, you know, in particular with 5G, it's super fast speeds. You can consume a lot of data really quickly. And the cost per gigabyte is still fairly high. Okay, so if we're talking about 5G, I think our audience knows that 5G is a race, and uh, we're, we're winning, we've lost. Do you feel like you're in a race with 5G? Because like, the claim has been, well, we're not going to need Wi-Fi anymore, everything's going to have 5G, it'll be great. Yeah, I, I think 5G and Wi-Fi are really great complementary technologies. Okay. Um, cost of cellular is, is really expensive. Cost of 5G is very expensive. We're talking not one, but frequently two orders of magnitude more in terms of putting a, a Wi-Fi chipset into a device versus a 5G modem. And so 5G is great for coming into the home, but for getting it to all the devices around your house, paying that cost on a per-device basis just doesn't make sense. You also, 
uh, you miss out on having you know your own local network. That's you know one of the great things about running your own network. You get a firewall. You can set rules. You can keep your devices safe and secure. And you lose a lot of that control and capability if it's all connecting directly to a, a cellular network. Right. So you don't feel any competition at all from from five G. I think. Again, it's a really great complementary technology. Is anyone feeling anything at all from 5G? Yeah, I mean, there's that. <laughs> I mean, that's like kind of the big question is, yep, I get it. You need, a connect, you need a fast connection to your house. They need to redistribute it to all the things in your house. Are you seeing a higher attach rate of like T-Mobile at home 5G or Verizon has a fixed service in like Texas? Are you seeing those numbers tick up versus straight cable? I think the, the, the biggest trend we are seeing is just people are upgrading to gigabit in droves. They want gigabit, they want faster than gigabit. A lot of people are sitting at home doing everything, school, work, uh, entertainment, and they just want more speed, uh, more uh, bandwidth to do all the things they need to do from home. So we've just seen really, really, you know, uh, significant adoption of uh, gigabit internet, and that trend is not slowing down. Here's a weird one. I have gigabit uh, internet, and it sucks. Because We're going to fix Dieter's network yeah. right here, uh, no, right no. now. My download speeds are okay. My <laughs> upload speeds are garbage. Uh, and that's very common in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, especially with cable. When you're designing routers, are you like, are you designing for an idealized world where we all have actually good internet from good companies? Or are you designing it with the realities of what you think customers are actually going to be able to do? When we're designing our products, uh, it's being designed independent of your internet connection. We are just trying to make our radios, our RF performance as high quality as we possibly can. We want it to be as reliable as it can, and we want to hit the highest you know, bandwidth metrics that's possible with that design. Um, and so if you hook it up to a symmetric gigabit connection, great. If you hook it up to a gigabit connection with 10 megabits up, you know, you're not going to see great upload speeds because you're limited by the pipe coming into your home, but the Eero network is going to perform as well as we possibly can make it. Right. With Gigabit, one of the, right, you need Wi-Fi 6 to really take advantage of Gigabit. Now there's 6E. It's great. The names are great. We're very proud of the whole industry constantly. Um, it's improving. That's a low floor. Man. <laughs> um, we've noticed the Wi-Fi 6 products are still wildly expensive. It's been like a year and a half maybe more, there's just a cost penalty for this stuff. Is that because there's not enough, they haven't hit scale? Why, why that cost penalty? I, it's just a transition, and everybody's been hearing about this for months and months and months. The supply chain's also backed up, and uh, things are a lot more expensive. It's chips are more expensive, labor's more expensive, uh, shipping is more expensive. Is there like a cargo chip that's just like full of euros just like floating around there the pro- ocean right there's, now? there's probably a, a few of them <laughs> at, at this point is so that the, something that you pay attention to as a ceo like do you get a report that's like we actually can't we're waiting for a container to unload with product i've spent more time on the phone with our head of manufacturing operations in the last year and a half than i think we had in the last three years or four years before that it has consumed a lot of time and energy and you know our teams have been just just working around the clock. You know, you fix one problem, another one pops up. It's a huge, huge game of whack-a-mole. And in particular, getting product to customers, like that is something, yeah, I'm, I'm really involved in. So that actually surprises me because I would assume, uh, if you guys don't know, Hero was bought by Amazon, that uh, you've got Amazon, who's pretty good at logistics. I would think that you could let them handle that. Uh, so like, what is Amazon doing in terms of, you know, 
working with customers. I, I'm sure they're handling a bunch of like HR and corporate stuff for you, but like, what's your relationship with Amazon? Like, there's a ring over there, you work with them, but how, what do they do? What do you still like, no, this is mine, I will always control this part of the business. Yeah, uh, so we handle you know, all the product development, support, and we've got our own dedicated teams for uh, nearly every function that runs the company. In terms of how do we leverage the greater Amazon? Well, there, a lot of its relationships capacity, thinking about like long-term inventory and, and really being able to make sure we have enough stock for customers. That's been places where we've uh, leveraged the you know, greater team a lot. Then there's also strategic planning. You know, what sub-suppliers can we work, to, work with together and, and really aggregate you know, the demand of radios or memory or um, other parts of the supply chain so we get you know, better scale, better support and uh, can deliver just better products for customers. So we've done a lot of that. Um, but yeah, we, Amazon's very much about single-threaded ownership, and you know, that's my responsibility at Eros. Keep driving the company, keep driving the product portfolio, um, keep building great, great devices for customers. Do you ever get on the phone with like, the Prime Video team, and you're like, dude, Ted Lasso is just like, constantly using an iPhone. <laughs> can, we, can we get the boys some Eero routers? <laughs> Like, they I haven't had that conversation yet, but you know, you should. Yeah. that's my only suggestion. Okay, you. we're gonna have more about thread, but that—that's it's, it's coming. Yeah, I guess the last we talk about getting stuff out to customers. You have people who don't know. You don't just sell to like consumers on Amazon. You've got like an ISP business. You're partnering with actual internet service providers. How's that going? Yeah, that's that's been a huge part of our business. So over the last year, our Eero networks that get deployed by our um, ISP customers have increased over seventy-five percent. And, and that's just because customers want faster speeds. When they get faster speeds, they want faster Wi-Fi, and they want coverage everywhere. Mm. So we've uh, announced deals with TalkTalk in the UK, Mediacom uh, here in, in New York, and uh, it's been really exciting taking you know, really great internet connectivity plans, bundling them with Eros, and then delivering this like, great internet experience to customers. Like That is what... We are trying to do each and every day. We want the internet and people's homes to just work. Yeah. And, um, and, and working really closely with internet service providers is a, is a really big part of our business. Is that going to be a bigger part of your business than selling direct to consumers? Uh, you know, over time, we'll see. You know, we, we sell a lot of Eros on, um, you know, with retail partners like Best Buy, Costco, um, That's good. And then you on, mentioned the other ones before. You've been like, and, 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 and then on, on Amazon.com. Um, Hulking Goliath in the corner. Yeah. We also sell it on Eero.com. <laughs> Actually, uh, what do you think about, like, uh, where is it growing? We're, we, I, we are going to talk about Thread and Smart Home. It's coming. But when you, <laughs> we've made you wait for the punishment. Um, <laughs> but when you think about, okay, the, my cable company is going to put an Eero in my house. Cable companies have uh, historically weird ideas about configuration and stuff like that. When you start to add the capabilities, are they getting in your way? Will they get in my way? Like, I want to turn on Thread, or I want to use some of the Eero features that you've deployed. Are they leaving that stuff alone? Do you have to talk to them, or do you have to negotiate? Like, the classic example I would use is cell phones and carriers. Yep. We have an entire exhibit to a cell phone that was destroyed by carriers <laughs> that Dieter made a documentary about. Like, is that something that's happening to you, too? So, uh, Eero devices across the globe regardless of where they were bought or where they're coming from, I'll run the exact same software. They all talk to the same app. You have the same controls. So for, for uh, customers, 
If you get your Eero from your local ISP or you buy it from Eero.com, you're going to have the same, same experience. And you're committed to that? You're never going to white label it? You're never going to let uh, ISP mess with it? We, um, we think really tight integration between hardware, software, and delivering that same experience works, works really well for customers. And that, that's how we've built the company, built the business, and we're going to continue to do that. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to have a little bit more from the CEO of Eero, Nick Weaver. Support for this podcast comes from Canva. They say Rome wasn't built in a day, but you know what you can get built in a day? Your creative deck. You can generate creative decks to use for all your important presentations with Canva. Thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. You want a sales presentation for a tech company? Done. Create an employee onboarding plan? No problem. Just type it in and watch Canva work its magic. You'll have generated options in seconds. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and you're done. It's a serious time saver at work. So whatever you do at your job, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You can generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. It's AI for every department. It's easy to learn. It's even easier to use. And because it's built in Canva presentations, you can stay focused on the task at hand with no app switching. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, we're back with more of our interview from the On The Verge event with the CEO of Eero, Nick Weaver. Okay, so I promised we were going to fix smart home, and it was not going to be confusing anymore. Uh, but before we do, I want you to pull out your phone. Sure. And we're going to look at our Eero networks. Oh, Neil, no. you too. Oh, boy. And we are like, all going to like find idea. the most embarrassing thing currently connected to our smart home, and we're going to cop to it and explain why we have it. So this all is right, really good radio. One. You're watching know, us scroll on our phones is. here. 
Um, I knew this was coming, so I'll just tell you. The most embarrassing thing on my network is Lisa, that's my spouse, Mega, I don't know what Mega means, smart plug, question mark, question mark. <laughs> I don't know what it is, neither does she, but we are too afraid to turn it off because we think it controls something important. That's good. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a 2.4. And uh, it's made oh. by a company called Espressive. That's so it's that's, got a yeah. That's just spyware, dog. Like I don't know what you're doing. So maybe maybe someone's someone's spying on me. Yeah. What, uh, do, you, what do you got? Mine is extremely dumb. It is also a plug. Okay. I know what it does. Um, it turns the subwoofer in our living room off uh, because often when we are verge casting, uh, my daughter Max is watching Paw Patrol, and there are at least two episodes of our show where you can hear the thump of the Paw Patrol theme song. <laughs> <laughs> like coming from right above us. So I put the subwoofer on a plug and I turn it off before we podcast. Yeah. And I don't know why I turn it back on. It's cause like, she's not like, I don't know, the bass response to the show. <laughs> but I always turn it back on. <laughs> I, I think for me, it's just like the long list of devices in the home category. We have air quality sensors. We have air purifiers cause we're yeah. In Northern California, yeah. uh, I have ceiling fans. I have the ceiling fan controller. We have an oven, and then we have a bunch of hubs. I've been trying out to see if they do anything. It's been uh, <laughs> it's been uh, been a lot like a, a very long project. Do you have a Do you have a home kit bridge? Uh, I do have a Hoobs box. Yeah, we got three of them. Three of them on stage. I feel like, but it's, it's we're like you know we're outside the system. You admitting that you have a, a hoops box is like, all right. It's I've been experimenting. Over. It's uh, it, it it's it's an interesting uh, experience. Uh, very hard to configure. If you don't know, hoops is a uh, it's a thing you can buy, but the actual software is called HomeBridge, and it is it just bridges everything into HomeKit. So like your Ring camera show up in HomeKit. Dieter and I have very different experiences with it. I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's great. And Dieter's like, nah. why did you make me do this? You're a horrible monster and a bad friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. But I like we've heard like lots of Apple engineers have this thing yep. running. And like to me, that that brings us right to where we're going, which is that is it's crazy that like a bunch of Europeans like ship everybody Raspberry Pis to make their smart <laughs> homes work, but that is the current state of things. You're working on fixing it. How's it how's it going? Well, uh, you know, our whole thesis at Era, why we started the company, everything in our homes is gonna be connected to the internet. And uh, ultimately, our, our homes are going to run on a computer. And so our vision has always been, you need to have a network to enable that. And that computer and that network are probably going to converge into the same thing. But there's a first really important step. And that is having super fast, reliable connectivity everywhere. Today, that's primarily Wi-Fi. Over time, uh, it's going to continue to be, you know, you need low power, you need long range. There's a bunch of different flavors of connectivity that this home of the future needs, and actually the home of today needs too, to get all these devices connected. And once they're connected, and it's as reliable as our running water and our power, then you can start layering on control, intelligence, and you know all the other things sure. that we are trying to make happen today. So there, there's two big things happening. Um, one, there's this industry group called Matter, which is Apple, Google, Amazon, everyone. Formerly like, Chip. Formerly Choip. I, my I, my T-shirt that says We Matter raises a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's a great name. It's a connected home over IP. The idea is that gadgets should have like simpler, easier networking that works more like, like over IP. So that's like one thing that's happening, and you're involved in that. Uh, but then the other thing is there's like the radio called Thread, 
which uh, you have been promising is going to matter uh -huh, uh, and, and be a big deal for quite Since a while Since the now. first day I met you. Yeah. Like next, he was like a startup founder and he's like, I made this great router and like we had great conversations like early on, like we loved startups and we were like, what is this radio? And he's like, this is gonna be a, a big deal. And that was in 2017. Yes, is it June big... of 2017. Yeah, you're like, you got it. And like the, it was Apple's going to support it and Google's, and they kind of are now, but it's still in its infancy. So why, did it, why that dip, and is it going to happen? So, uh, you know, what's interesting about Thread, so it's a 15.4 radio, and what it does is it acts very much like Wi-Fi. Just says, hey, I'm going uh, to create a network, I'm going to let devices connect to it, we're going to talk IP let you send packets, and, and I'm just going to get out of the way. Yeah. It, it's really simple, like Wi-Fi. But it's built for low-power devices. It's got great range, great on um, terms of reliability. And then, you know, it can, it can mesh so you can easily extend coverage um, throughout the network. Yeah, this sounds wonderful. It's great. Are, are there any gadgets that I could connect to this wonderful network? So I think... I think Does with... an Leaf do? You can get some gamer lights? Come on. Yeah. So I think with... With Matter, uh, there's a shot that all of this comes together. Uh, there's just there's so many different ecosystems. There's mm -hmm. Z-Wave, there's Zigbee. Have you ever been to the Z-Wave Alliance building? I, I haven't. Okay. If anyone knows if that building is shaped like a Z, please let me know. <laughs> like if your organization is called the Z-Wave Alliance and you don't find a Z-shaped building to be in, like you're not going to succeed. Okay. But like fundamentally, the question is like what what's taking so long for Thread? If it's such a great technology, what's taking so long? We, we we're living in this incredibly fragmented smart home world. Uh, Thread seems like a good one, potentially good solution, but there's too many standards. We've got to make a new standard. Why isn't? I think it, it just these things just take a, they take a long time. I imagine for us, for a lot of people in this room, like we've been doing connected home things for a very long time. Uh, when you look at just the average customer, uh, that stuff is still it's just starting. And now that there's you know voice control layers that make things easier to control. You don't have to do a bunch of custom programming on a home automation system. Uh, we're just, we're, we're starting to get there. And then it's the chicken uh, or the egg problem. Like uh -huh. you have to have enough base station support for it so that devices can connect. And uh, then you also need enough devices to move everything together. And that- but, but let me, I'll push you there. Like I've got a bunch of arrows in my house. Yep. They support thread. I could turn them on. Apple is into Thread. The HomePod Mini is a Thread router, but they won't talk to each other yet, right? Like the Eros are not HomeKit compatible. And then if I want to add a handful of Thread devices, they actually still need a HomePod Mini or an Apple TV, and they won't talk to the. You're like, how, are you solving that? Are you going to talk to Apple? Are you going to be HomeKit? Well, is that I, something I, Apple needs to do? I think that that's where Matter starts to become interesting. You're going to have these profiles for all the different devices. It's independent of um, how the devices are connecting. We have the Eero Pro 6, the 6, the Eero Pro, and the Eero Beacon are all thread border routers. You can turn that on today. I've got nano leaf bulbs that connect via thread to I, my I love uh, it. Like, they're like, Eero network. What, and What's the first nerd product we should do? It's like gamer lights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like everybody has them. Uh, so I, I think it, it, it is, it's been slower than I certainly would have liked, but it, it feels like it is gaining momentum and starting to finally move in the right direction. So you're kind of in the middle of it. Do you see the, and I recognize that this is what matter is supposed to solve, but I see Apple saying, we still kind of want our system to win, and Google wants that, and Amazon obviously wants that, and the incentives are not aligned, right? Like, if 
you buy everything that's Alexa compatible, that's probably better for Amazon than if everything works with all three systems and you can mix and match. How, how do you align those incentives and how do you manage it in the middle? Well, so, so Eero devices, they're going to support matter over thread. That, that is something we are doing and uh, we're really we're excited about that. And personally, I think customers win when their devices work with however um, they want to control them. And so that's what we are trying to enable, trying to make sure any device can connect to our network and communicate wherever it needs to, just talks IP, just like all their Wi-Fi devices do today. We've got a few more questions, but if y'all have questions about how to configure your network, please don't come to the mics because you've got other questions. Yeah. Uh, there's mics on either side of the room, and so you can start Unplug lining it up there. and plug it don't, right back don't. in. <laughs> I mean, that is... Well, actually, the first time we talked, Nick told me that he got the idea for Eero because he'd put his parents' uh, Wi-Fi setup on a power strip, and he'd he had like a fix it button that just turned the power strip on. <laughs> yeah. Internet reset button, power yeah. strip, big red button, and you could hit that. And then uh, V1 of automation was you got one of those old school uh, rotary timers. Oh, and, and then just uh, once a day it would you click know, it over. It hits like 202 yeah. uh, AM and just power cycles the whole thing. Uh, there was, uh, remember the Cabo? Uh, I always know that an Android based product is like, gonna run into some troubles <laughs> when it has like a built-in restart feature that's like just i'm gonna reset myself every night <laughs> so good all right so what's next for thread with hero like you say you're gonna support matter is there anything else you're doing anything else you're gonna push for us right now it's just how do we get as much coverage thread coverage out there as possible you know our devices support uh zigbee thread bluetooth and obviously wi-fi and yep. we're we're just trying to add as many eros um, out there as possible so that uh, we can have that low power coverage uh, that customers are going to need if they don't need already. So next year, matter is going to matter, you think? I, I, I think it's everything is trending in the right direction. We were a little early in 2017. I don't want to be you know, that early again, yeah. but um, it, it, does, it does feel different this time. Yeah. It feels like you know, there's, there's just a lot of momentum. Device manufacturers are starting to you know, really reevaluate their roadmaps. Mm -hmm. And also the, the silicon out there supports all this stuff natively. So it can support Zigbee, or it can support Thread, or it can support Bluetooth, right. all on the same chip. So people aren't going to need And so it's just a, you know, a software setting. Um, so we finally are starting to get the infrastructure down to the, the silicon level um, to make all this stuff happen. Right. Okay. All right, but you told me you read the subreddit. You, I do. You admitted this to me backstage. The man wakes up, the CEO, and then reads the subreddit which is just masochistic, but the, I appreciate The comment you. section is real. Yeah. Uh, I know that subreddit wants to know if you're going to support HomeKit and Thread. Are you going to do it? We, we are doing everything we can to support Thread. Um, how HomeKit fits into it, like we're just going to have to um, see how that evolves here over the next little bit. Uh, questions? Hey, uh, so huge fan. Uh, I went from an airport to an Eero, uh, and I feel like that's probably a pretty common path for a lot of people in this room. Uh, your first generation of products is now probably about five years old, and uh, as other companies have had to deal with recently, life cycling and supporting them over the t over time of computers living in your home that are really, really critical to uh, your experience there is going to be a real challenge. What is your strategy for uh, you know keeping those things useful for as long as possible? Uh, well, that is our strategy. Um, we are we are trying to keep the products as um, as safe, secure, and reliable as possible for as long as we feasibly can. And so that means continuing to 
you know, run regression tests on, on all of our you know, first generation Eros, standing behind them if customers are having problems. Part of that too, like we do want to encourage customers to upgrade over the, over the years um, to get faster speeds, more reliability. Frankly, we've gotten a lot better at uh, building these products uh, as we've learned over the last uh, seven, almost eight years. But you know, again, our, our primary goal is just keep delivering that great internet experience to our earliest supporters and, um, and, and most importantly, keeping the devices secure because running the network is it's a lot of responsibility. Uh, we take that really seriously. Do you have a, a number in mind in terms of years? Where like, okay, no more. We, we can't support this anymore. Uh, we're going to try to support them as long as we, as long as we possibly can. Uh, you, know, we, you do run into practical limits. If a Wi-Fi router is running more than five to seven years, it's not going to perform the same way uh, a new device will. You're going to just, it'll slowly start yeah. um, degrading just because the duty cycle on these things is, uh, they're on 24 hours a day, yeah. seven days a week, and they're always sending packets. So right. it is something you should, you don't need to upgrade your network every year or even every two years, but it is something you should think about upgrading every three to five to six years. Okay. Um, because it's one of the most important devices in our home. Uh, we've got time for one, maybe two more, but please keep it quick. Let's see. All right, so i got a smart home question for you. So we have Z-Wave, which has obviously been around for quite a while, and it has that standardized protocol and radio layer. Um, so where does Thread and Matter succeed where Z-Wave doesn't? Like, what went wrong with Z-Wave? Because it is ubiquitous. There's lots of devices, but we don't really see it dominating the smart home. Well, they spent all their money on a building shaped like a Z. Yeah, I think that, that might be it. So I, I think part of it is really separating the profile of the device and the connectivity layer. So it's, it's removing like profiles and not having specific profiles for each device. So what Thread's really trying to do is separate that out where any device can connect to the network, send packets. It can then use a matter profile if it wants. It can extend a matter profile or... It can, you know, use whatever application layer uh, makes sense for that device. So it's really about separating things and making it easier for device manufacturers to build devices, deploy them, and leverage, you know, that means of connectivity. Another thing is it's about the, like, RF usage within the device. And so it's great about 15.4 as it's running in 2.4 gigahertz. So it just, it reduces the amount of RF you have to deal with in the, you know, in the router, you know, for us so that, you know, you're not having to deal with all these different frequencies and paying that like per chip cost in three or four or five units or however many units you have um, on your Euro network. Well, uh, I think on that incredibly nerdy answer, uh, that's a perfect place to end talking about routers. So everybody, Nick Weaver. Yeah, thanks. That's great. <laughs> All right, my thanks to Nick Weaver for coming on the Vergecast, talking to us about Eero and Thread and the future of the smart home. And my thanks to you for listening to this episode. And you know what? It's been a minute since we've asked for this. If you could head over to, you know, it's Apple Podcasts. That's a place to do reviews. Go over there, give us a review and a rating. Really appreciate that. It really does help the show out. 
This week's VergeCast was produced by myself, Andrew Marino, and Liam James. We are going to be taking the rest of the week off for the Thanksgiving holiday. We'll be back next week with an extra special episode that I think you're going to like. And then the following week, we'll have that Matter episode and the chat show and so on and so on. Uh, If you got any feedback about these Tuesday episodes, I'd really appreciate to hear that as well. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Backlon. Or, you know, you can email me. It's not a hard email to guess. It's just Dieter at TheVerge.com. All right. Have a good holiday for celebrating and stay safe. Thanks to Canva for their support. Canva wants to make your presentations come as easy as those thoughts that pass through your head. And thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and you're done. It's a serious time saver. Whatever you do for work, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You can generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.